Hey everybody, this is Connor here from Friends Stream Sports. I just want to thank you for stopping by. We hope you enjoy the episode and feel free to follow us on Twitch or YouTube just by typing in Friends Stream Sports. Hope you enjoy the show. And that is Connor. Connor it is we're we're uh we're getting there. Okay, we're going to set this thing up tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We don't even know what we're going to play. Connor and I are here. Tonight is not about the basketball. Tonight is about Tonight's about the arguments. We got a lot to talk about tonight, Connor. Relage, I don't think we have anything to talk about. I think first of all, we're going to talk about we're going to play. So, I'm going to play, we're going to talk about basketball. I'm going to play the team that has my MVP candidate on it. So, I'm going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Who are you going to be? Well, if we're talking about MVP candidates, I guess that means I get to go be the Denver Nuggets and get to talk about how great Joker is. I guess so. And we'll we'll jump into that actually now as we start. So it's basketball time. Uh, there you go. So it's basketball season. We are seven days, seven actual days away from the play-in tournament. Um, I will tell you, I am more excited for the play-in tournament than LeBron James is, and LeBron James needs to be pretty stressed because right now, if the play-in tournament were to start today, um, the play-in games in the West would be it would be the Lakers versus the Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Spurs. In the East, it would be the Pacers versus the Russell Westbrook Wizards, and we'll get to Russell Westbrook in a minute, versus... Uh, Boston and Miles Garrett, the grown man Charlotte Hornets. So, uh, Connor, I mean, Miles Bridges. I didn't know Miles, Miles Garrett was a two-sport player. I did. He he's a grown man. That's all I'll tell you. I am av- I am advantageously known to get names wrong on this show, and Connor is known to correct me on the air. It's very um, important to make sure we're talking about the right people. I would hate for our viewer to think that Miles Garrett plays for. Uh, Place for Charlotte, Redledge. That's true. You know what? Friend Stream Sports. Come for the friendships. Friendships. Don't stay for the names. So, so it's interesting. You talk about LeBron in the playing tournament. LeBron is hurt again tonight. He's he's not going to be playing against the Knicks tonight, which big game for the Knicks and a big game for the Lakers, oddly enough. I thought the Lakers were, will have had it pulled together by now. Huge for the Lakers. They are a game and a half back from Portland sitting at that sixth seed. So they really needed um, – oh, that was a joke. They uh, they really needed this game and this win. I know, Connor, earlier we talked about uh, the NBA playoffs, and both you and I flip-flopped on if Portland was going to be in or out. We said, I said Portland would be in. You said Dallas would be in. They're currently both into the playoffs without the play-in. I'm, I'm surprised that L.A. – still hasn't put it together this late. I know it's injuries, but this has been a big shock for me. Oh yeah, no, they they have they've definitely struggled and you know, you can only you can only go so long off of the we're going to turn it on when we can type of mentality just because you know, that works maybe in college a little better when you can kind of feel like you can quote turn it on. But the thing about when you're not just in the NBA, but when you're in the NBA playoffs, you'll be playing NBA caliber playoff teams as well. So you'll have teams ready to roll, ready to play. And uh, just because the Lakers are so good and they are the reigning champs, everybody's going to get their best shot. 
yeah, it's uh, it's going to be huge. And I know that, at least in my opinion, LeBron and a little bit of how AD was playing before he joined LeBron, they have both been players that have been, I'll turn it on at the right time and try to make a run. Lady AD, of course, was carrying New Orleans for a couple of years. Um, but LeBron has definitely been, once he got to Miami, it's been all right, maybe rest some games. And then you could tell there's a difference between night in, night out LeBron and I'm here because I'm a grown man, just like Miles Garrett LeBron. Miles Garrett LeBron. And yeah. the interesting thing too, um, you know, it's, I definitely believe that LeBron, if LeBron feels like he could play, he would play. Now with that, we are not, we are not, we won't see a very healthy version of LeBron throughout the playoffs. Um, you know, him, even if he comes back tomorrow night uh, or their next game, you know, LeBron is definitely going to have to manage his injury time uh, throughout the course of the playoffs, however long that might be, which I think could very well be a, a quick, a quick exit for the Lakers. If it, if it holds that they have to play the golden state warriors, Rutledge, um, on a scale of one to ten, let's do this. On a scale of one to ten, uh, how much confidence would you give the Lakers to beat the Golden State Warriors in a best of one series? In a best of one series with a hurt LeBron who's not doing very well, I actually am going to not put my confidence in the Lakers. I am going to put um, my I'm going to put my confidence in Giannis right there on that run. But that was a big gonna, time dunk. That was huge. I'm going to put my confidence in the way that Steph Curry and Draymond Green and everyone have been playing this season. We've talked the Warriors a bit. They had, oh, Giannis said no. They had injury problems as well. Um, Curry has really come back, and he's still implementing. Draymond Green loves to talk about how good he is defensively, but this Golden State Warriors team is had to deal with adversity this year which is, of course, our favorite sports buzzword all the time. But I think they've really got a hunger behind them, especially when they fell so far down in the standings. They were 10th at one point this year, and now they've really kind of battled their way back, um, sitting in the 8th seed. I think it's about as – I think they will beat the Lakers. How do you feel? You know, I, I definitely think that the I, – I would put my money on the Golden State Warriors as opposed to – uh, as opposed to the uh, L.A. Lakers, I think for the simple fact that, uh, you know, you all it takes is one hot Steph Curry night, and there is nobody to counter that for the Lakers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, I think that it's definitely something that is, you're going to have to really work through as the Lakers, and, I, you know, if they don't figure it out, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. This is a different Lakers team than what we saw last year. So playing tournaments huge. I'm super excited for it, Connor. How excited are you? Are I am more excited than Russell Westbrook after another triple double, Rutledge. Yes, Russell Westbrook took down Oscar Robinson's triple double record. Um, the Washington Post actually put out some information that there were 47% more triple doubles this year than last year. And I watched a good take on PTI about this, but the triple-double world, and especially getting assists, is a lot different in the league now than it was in Oscar Robinson's day. So, um, Connor, how big do you take this achievement for Russell Westbrook? I think that it is, um, 
I think it's a different era, so every offensive stat needs to be taken with a pretty big-time grain of salt. Now, I think that – here's the thing that is Russell Westbrook can say as much as he wants about, you know, being more about the team stats and things like that. I think Russell Westbrook really cares a lot about this triple-double stat line. And unfortunately, it's weird, right, as much as players will say, oh, I love to play with Russ, I really want to play with Russ. He's kind of gone downhill as it relates to second teammates throughout the course of his career. Of course, going from Kevin Durant uh, to James Harden. You know, Bradley Beal's no slouch, but you know he's no Kevin Durant or James Harden. So uh, I definitely see, I definitely see um, uh, Russ. You know, he's going to go down as an all-time great player in terms of just an individual player, but, you know, he, he won't if, – if you had to pick between Russell Westbrook or Isaiah Thomas for one game, I'm picking Isaiah Thomas. I'm picking John Stockton. I'm, you know, there's a variety of other point guards I would pick uh, in terms of leading a team and, and doing point guard-related things. You know, I actually agree with you on that take because I don't think that this is Russell Westbrook he reminds me of Vince Carter with the Raptors in the 90s. It's not that Vince Carter... And Vince Carter was really good. He had a long career in the league, but the Raptors in the 90s were not as dominant as Vince Carter was in the slam dunk contest. Just because you're good doesn't mean that your team's going to do well. Um, I saw a really good take on PTI today, which said Michael Wilbon came out and basically brought out that and Tony Kohnheiser, they said, in Oscar Robinson's day... It was position basketball, as in your position was what you played. In Russell, today's NBA is very much floater freelance basketball where you kind of go where you need to do to get it done. So, yeah, he scores a bunch, and yes, he gives assists, and he does well with being on the court, but that doesn't mean that it's leading to Ws because that night he got that triple-double, they lost to Atlanta. So, doesn't And Russ matter. took the last shot. Yeah, he he took and he missed the last shot, which was a three. Yeah, so. what a, what a Russell. That's like Jameis Winston. Uh, his last pass as a Buccaneer was a pick six. That's like Kobe. His last game scoring sixty, but literally taking more shots that night than anybody ever in NBA history. Yeah, uh, you know that that's uh, that is definitely a very Russell Westbrook thing to do. So that's the end of our first quarter. Uh, Connor, what's your transition quarters? Give me your 30-second MVP for the NBA. Um, Joker. I think the big thing and one of the reasons that why Connor was wrong was that when Jamal Murray went down, I thought that the Nuggets were going to be fighting to even keep in, uh, you know, keep in the uh, keep in the non-play-in tournament, and the Nuggets have cemented themselves as a top seed with a lot of home court throughout the playoffs. So uh, that is all in thanks to Joker. So uh, that's what I think. What do you think, Rutledge? I'm going Giannis. Um, Giannis has really sort of evolved. Now this is long-term, but especially this season. Giannis has kept the Bucks very, very relevant and very in the game all season long when the East has been, the, has been very good at the top, especially with the Super Nets. And um, especially with how good Embiid and the 76ers have been, 
I think, let's say Giannis moved just down the street and he was in Chicago, he would be the MVP playing on the Chicago Bulls, and we compare him to Michael Jordan all the time. So when it comes to most valuable, uh, even when he missed six games, it really showed that Giannis um, makes a difference. So I'm going Giannis, the Greek freak. He's having a, he's having a pretty good night tonight, actually. So taking that. That he is. He's had some pretty monster dunks, and I've had some pretty big-time three-pointers rim out, unfortunately. Boom. So, um, as we go with that, Connor, it's your favorite part of the show and mine too. It's time for us to talk about the Cardiac Cats, the Orlando City Soccer, and their kind of heartbreaking 1-1 tie to New York City FC. So, you watched the game, I watched the game. What did you see? You know, I think, yet again, uh, very thankful Nani's on the team. Uh, now, I wish that, and I think I, I don't think we, this was the best offensive output we've seen from Orlando. You know, uh, quote, golazos are really fun to watch, but I would rather watch a great team goal with a lot of great passing and, uh, you know, being able to, uh, as my favorite announcer, Ray Hudson says, stretch the defense out like spandex on Miami Beach. And, you know, Nani, Nani scored a great goal. You know, but that's not going to be the recipe for success. So, as we've already talked about, Orlando City needs a striker. Uh, whether or not that's going to be uh, Pato once he gets healthy, whether or not that's going to be DK once he comes back, whether or not that's going to be um, a player to be named later, you know, that's critical. And I think letting Moutinho come back, you know, and be able to uh, – uh, kind of work his way back in, I think, is going to be critical. You know, he was the one who gave up that penalty. If you're going to compete in the MLS, you cannot give up that penalty uh, the way that Moutinho did. But that's his first game back after he was injured for a long time. So, you know, you're you're unbeaten through four, which, hey, that's awesome. Uh, previous iterations of Orlando City wouldn't have been unbeaten through four, uh, would have given up late goals. So you got to take that. You got to take points where you can get them, but there's still some definite things to work out. Yeah, definitely, they have some. They have some things showing. They're actually a top five rated team on MLS's power rankings. Um, so good to see where they're going in that direction. Uh, I feel better about this team. I actually heard a good take on the ESPN broadcast, which they were actually saying to sell Nani. Let's just let Nani, uh, not Nani, excuse me. Uh, sell DK, let him go, and let's find ourselves a nine. Um, I want to also bring up something else, Connor, and get your take. And something happened in MLS, which I thought was classic, and really sort of helped cement the league as being, you know, a traditional sports league. And every good sports league has good logos. And every sports league has bad logos. I will say, as a Vancouver Canucks fan, we've had one of the worst jerseys with the just, like, colored Vs on the black sweaters. But this is a soccer one that changed, and I'm not for it. Did you see what happened to Columbus's logo? You know, yeah, that. Rutledge, we have three and a half minutes. I hope you don't mind. I might take the rest of this quarter to talk about Columbus. I have a lot of thoughts on the crew. You know, they were just about ready to be taken out of MLS, save the crew, you know, definitely saved the crew. And then all of a sudden, you change not just change their logo, but change the entire team name and identity. Uh, you can't do that. You know, this is 
we talk a lot on this show about the differences between, um, you know, uh, uh, soccer and other other American sports. You know, other American sports, you've got, you know, like the NBA, for example, it feels like teams will change their logo every two weeks. Uh, soccer, I always do not like it one bit when teams change their logos. I think that uh, I think that one of the most beautiful things about the beautiful game is the beautiful pageantry that is associated with it, and that includes that includes an old school logo. The nice part, the way that soccer jerseys are made, is that that crest takes up such a small part of the jersey that it really doesn't matter uh, how old that logo might look. And it, you know, and it's like the crew changed; they didn't change their color scheme. So I don't know. It's just all weird to me, Rutledge. Uh, that's my brief take, but would love to know a little bit about your take. I was a huge fan of what Columbus was doing. I love the almost taxi cab looking jerseys. I told a friend of mine when I was at a game, I said, you know, out of all the swag that you can get in MLS, the what the crew have is just so classic looking. Um, and you're right, for soccer, in the same way of ownerships that tried to create the Super League in Europe and still are dealing with backlash, I don't know if they got Old Trafford back yet or not. They probably haven't. But it's not about... The NBA, you know, you think uniforms, and I love what they're doing in the NBA. The NBA is trying to be trendy and up there and different and push the boundaries and um, be high fashion because that's what that league is. You know, the NFL does kind of change just to update, but kind of like what Cleveland did, sometimes they just go back to what works. Soccer, you don't change. You don't change unless it was a change you did in England hundreds of years ago. Manchester United will always be red. Manchester City will always be blue. If they swapped the town, the people would riot more than they are now. So I think that's where um, we're still, as America, trying to understand what soccer is, what it is, what it means, what it feels. I will say I own... A lot of iterations of Orlando City jerseys, but at least it's still the purple. It's still embracing the sun. It's still got the lion on it. You know, it's it's still that feel. So, not a fan. Not well, you a fan got the the crest that hasn't changed, right? You talk about right. Man City. I was not a fan that Man City decided to change their crest. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that that was a that was a horrible, horrible mistake. Now, granted, they won the league this year, right? And nobody really seemed to mind. But I don't know. I, I, I'm still kind of let's keep it classic. Let's keep it classy. Right. Let's go from there. So, um, no, we are. Yeah, I oh. think that the Columbus Crew fans have a lot to gripe about for sure. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully this does not create. I kind of like, you know, Columbus being a older team in the MLS mm-hmm. and one of those more institutional type teams and the fact that they're trying to do a lot and maybe too much i think is that's just crossing the line yeah you got to keep you got to keep tradition where it is and especially in the state of ohio where sports are just seen so differently in the state of ohio i respect how much the state of ohio is into their sports i'm sure it hurt them pretty deep i think that the columbus crew fans were not fans of that no they were not speaking of fans it's time for Everyone, as we break down our halftime report, I had a good little run on the second quarter, even though you got me on the same turnover twice, back to back. But uh, yeah, 31... you, uh, yeah, you definitely did a good job there. 
It's a uh, 31 to 27. We're playing Bucks, Nuggets, Friend Stream Sports, 8 o'clock. Come out and see us live on Tuesdays on Twitch. Subscribe to our podcast. Follow our YouTube channel. Send us some cookies. Um, be our friend. We Real cookies, not computer cookies. Real, yeah. Well, I mean, I have. I don't. Yeah, I don't want more computer cookies, but I do want real cookies. Chocolate chip. You know. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. But something that's always hot, fresh, and delicious besides chocolate chip cookies is. Are you ready for it, Connor? It is time for halftime hot take. This halftime hot take, we're gonna take one of our normal French stream sports way too early, extremely bold, out there predictions of. Who is going to play in the MLS championship game this year? Connor, who is your championship game? Go for it. Out of the West, I'm picking LAFC. I think that they're knocking on the door, and I think that a lot of the traditional powers of the West are, are taking a step back, as well as Minnesota United, who uh, four games in is yet to have a point. So I'm picking LAFC. Uh, and then... And you got to score goals, and Carlos Vela is the reigning Golden Boot champion for MLS. Uh, out of the East, here's where I'm getting a little crazy, and it kind of hurts me a little bit. I could see Inter Miami making a big run and making it all the way to the finals this year. I could see David Beckham, you know, bringing in one of those another old, salty, uh, grizzled veteran uh, that has won a lot before. And sort of, you know, unfortunately, sort of manufacturing uh, some culture on their way to an MLS title berth. So I am going LAFC versus Inter Miami. That sounds like a really fun final to watch. That one hurts me to hear. Although I do like Miami swag. They did a good job in branding. Um, as that goes, here's mine. In the West, I have Seattle. Seattle is just a traditional power of soccer in American soccer. Um, very big for them. I think they're going to take it. And I'm going to go a little wild, and not because I'm a homer, because I see it on the field. I'm going Orlando City in the East. While it's a different team, Oscar Perea has assembled a completely different roster. He's really starting to get behind them. He's getting excited on the sidelines. they got to do something in that number nine spot, but I feel like they clean that up of someone that when Nani lofts up his passes that he's putting up there for a better player, that person finishes, and they start just crushing people. So I think they have all the pieces. They went really far in the Welcome Back MLS tournament. I think the weather was on their side. Um, I really have a feeling about them. So I'm going very bold. I'm going to go Seattle, Orlando. Wow, that was bold. That was hot. And you left the match. Again? Ah, again. All right. There we go. Well, that's how hot my take was. I just want to end the show right there. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. This is Relage. I'm calling it. We're ending the show. I quit the game accidentally once again. Well, uh, Rutledge, that is, that's a pretty bold move. So uh, I think we could we could call that a draw or at least an incomplete. We'll call that an incomplete. We're and not doing we'll... all-time teams. Oh, we're not? Come on. We're not. I'm watching you. Proof hey. that this is a live sports show. We have bloopers and blunders all the time. Proof that we are amateur sports podcasters. That is so true. Yeah. And I'm going to switch my teams, if you don't mind. Do you mind if I switch my teams? Okay, what are you going to do? I'm going to be the Pelicans.
You're gonna be the Pelicans. I'm gonna be the Pellies because he's the Pellies are soon to be uh, a hopeful MVP candidate in Zion. He is hurt though. He's out for the rest of the year. Yeah, and so is Jalen go... Brown, by the way. Yeah. Talk about the wheels falling off of the Celtics. They really did. Well, fine. If we're going out in the future, then I'm going to be the Atlanta Hawks because Trey Young is my secret basketball best friend. Ooh, old Trey Young. Plus, I like. I don't love his goatee. I don't love it. I don't love what the facial hair that Trey Young has going on. Yeah, I do like Atlanta's swag though. It's kind of like a it's a throwback look, but plus they modernized it. Out of all the Ni things Nike's done to sort of help grow everybody, what they have in Atlanta, look at that core. That's just, that's so hot. I just love that so much. Hot Atlanta. That's so hot right now. Okay. Well, we're back. We're bringing it to the future because it's time for Connor and I to, and we have more time to debate. So this can be a good thing. So we're going to talk and go over some debate topics that we have. And um, as this goes, our first topic tonight is we are going to be sitting down and we're going to discuss which type of championship is harder to win. So we have two sports that we're doing, and we're going to go NBA and we're going to go NFL. Connor, which one do you? Which one are you going to pick tonight to defend? I think that I don't think you need much defense on this. Uh, the NFL is both. It's always hard to win a title. The NFL is much harder to win a title than the NBA. Well, I'm glad you no said doubt. that because I think it's way harder to win in the NBA. So, let me I will give you my take. So we're going to go back in <laughs> Please time. Please do. Oh, I will. First I want to get this shot to go in. Oh. oh. Can't even get that right. Come on, man. No. I can't I can't get the shot. I can't play the game. Okay. So as it goes, in the wide world of basketball, before we even go in that basketball world, I want to compare two greats. I want to talk about Tom Brady, and I want to talk about the one and only Michael Jordan. And we're going to zoom in on, um, while Tom Brady didn't win a championship in this season, we're going to talk about 2007 for when he went out there and had a defeated team. And then we're going to talk about Tom Brady's uh, uh, Michael Jordan in 1996. Very famous Lakers. And you're, so you just just so I can understand, you're comparing a year in which Brady did not win a title to a year that Jordan did win a title. Correct. But here's what I okay. want to say: is the structure okay. of schedule and why it's harder to win a championship in the NBA. Brady had a 16-game season, which they went undefeated, plus all the way got into the Super Bowl. As that goes on that schedule, they still played the bull. They still played the Buffalo Bills the Jets, and the Dolphins twice. All were trash. They only had less than four games that were even within a touchdown. And really, only one, they struggled against the Ravens, and they struggled against the Giants, who beat them in the Super Bowl because of a catch that could have happened because there was gum on the top of someone's helmet. In the NFL, your scheduling department and how the NFL gives you a schedule and what division you sit in and how good those organizations are really does you a lot of favors because eight of your games are against very predictable teams. And even though they had what is considered one of, in my opinion, the greatest quarterbacks of all time, the NBA, the, the excuse me, the Patriots still had to sit there and they got in trouble for filming Jets practice. 
They've done some other stuff bad on social media. So it's not as if they just cruised into it. When Michael Jordan won MVP in 1996 and they won a championship, which, like I said, not faulting that Tom Brady did not that year, people that he still had to play against were, just have a couple names written down here, uh, some of these names, you know, had to beat Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, David Robinson, Carl Malone were all active players in the leagues. He, all he of beat those them are, in the same year in 96? He did. Just curious, just wondering. Just curious, yes. All of those were, were studs, and you have to and you have to go through a a very long gauntlet of a schedule. Plus, then play seven game playoff series, and the parity of a roster in the NBA is much farther than it is in the NFL. Let's take the Lakers. The Lakers last year, they LeBron gets hurt, AD gets hurt, they lose Rondo, they lose Howard for their bench depth. They went from beating the Miami Heat like a tiger playing with its food in front of the parents that made that food to now they are in a situation to where they might get a first playoff buyout, uh, knockout, not just because they just don't have all the pieces in place. So the power of one, to quote the famous Jet Li movie, The One, there can only be the one. The power of one in the NBA matters so much more that if you don't have it put together, it's not going to work. So that's my opening kind of ramble about why the NBA is so much harder. There's so many things that have to go right than just saying, oh, look at my schedule. I have a smart quarterback. Here we go. Well, first off, Ratledge, I want to thank you for I, – I could we could really end right now. You actually just made my point for me uh, comparing Michael Jordan's 96 season where he did win a title – where Tom Brady, uh, if you're talking about winning a championship, you know, he, he, he couldn't even win a championship with probably the greatest offense of all time. You want to talk about winning a title and the success and what's needed there throughout the course of, of a season. I think that, um, I think that, you know, one to, to talk about your point of, to talk about your point of, uh, teams, you know, yes, Jordan having to beat all those players, David Robinson, Charles Barkley, things like that. You're talking about regular season, which let's remember, as we always talk about, in the NBA, there's really three seasons. You've got the season up until uh, the All-Star break. You've got the season after the All-Star break. And then you've got the season uh, during the NBA playoffs. So, you know, I, th I think as it relates to – as it relates to uh, Jordan – uh, maybe beating good players, which, you know, Tom Brady also uh, beat good players, just to continue your conversation there. Uh, you know, it's different in the playoffs than it is a regular season. Vince Doesn't matter Carter what sports you're in. Your players. His Doesn't matter what anymore. sports you're in. It's, it's, always, it's always harder in the playoffs than the regular season. Number two, number two, uh, you, you know, you talk, about, you talk about organizational structure and things like that. Uh, let's think about the intricacies of an organizational structure to have uh, just 50, 15 versus 53, 15 players versus 53 players, and then 24 positions on a roster. So the amount of orchestration that goes into a play, a one play in football, let alone the amount of plays throughout the course of a regular season is substantial. Uh, you know, you can – you can have within within an NBA game. You can have 
one player have a bad night that's on the starting roster, and MJ goes off for 55, and then all of a sudden the Bulls have a 1-0 series advantage, right? So uh, whereas one play, right, that might not even happen to you, but one really good play from the other team is the reason why you lose, a la the catch of the Giants versus the Patriots. And number three, to roundly, roundly rebuke you, you say the grind of a playoff series. You know what that means, actually? The grind of an NBA playoff series means that it's not win or go home. You have to be – it is – when you're in the NFL playoffs, it is do or die every week. Every week throughout the course of the playoffs, it is do or die. And to uh, – I think that it's harder to uh, to – went through the NFL playoffs because there are less playoff games to play and because everything is so much more uh, intricate and so much more, uh, there's so much more on the line. So uh, now if I can uh, maybe spend just a brief second, Rutledge, and I'll let you, I'll let you have the last word on this. Uh, I think that we always need to remember throughout the course of a season uh the, the other thing that the NBA does not have nearly as much of is injuries. Your best players, your best players will play uh, and do your best plays. And quite frankly, the NBA, there are injuries for sure, but the NFL, we, you talk about in terms of a war of attrition and a battle throughout the course of a regular season, just making sure guys are healthy. I've played on deep run playoff teams. Uh, you aren't healthy by the end of a season. And uh, to be able to fight through that mentally, I think, is incredibly important and more difficult than a basketball title. See, the basketball, the NBA has, a, has an MVP, and then they have a playoff MVP. Because the playoffs in the NBA are so much of a gauntlet that, yes, you're not getting hit. You're not out there in the grass getting hit. The snow, the rain, the mud getting hit. But the, the true mastery it takes to have to get through an entire season to get seated in a tournament and then do well in that tournament is so much more of an impact. You have 82 games. That's a lot. That's a lot of strategy. You got to save. So that, look at that's you, a lot of nights off. You don't see load management in the NBA, do you? Or the NFL, rather. You know there was load management with the Colts one year. They didn't. They could have gone undefeated and they did not because they were doing load management. It happens in Week 16. That's why it's a horrible. That's why you have to have your fantasy season one. Oh, I think that that was the the difference between the NFL load management and the NBA load management is resting starters, resting a group of starters uh, where you already have your playoff seed locked up versus doing it on a October or November night uh, just because you're playing, quote, Memphis, a team that you could probably beat regardless. I think uh, I think goes to show that the the amount of games also leads to the conversation of why. It is harder to win in the NFL than the NBA. But do you have any more any more last words before we move on to our final argument of the night? Oh, we we'll have, have so much more. more time, so I have so much more words. It's the um, what I think in that with the NBA taking the time is that sure you could say that people get rest in October, November when they're playing Orlando, and then they travel and they play Memphis. However. That is in order to save you for the long haul of it. Because, Connor, you even said it yourself tonight. 
the Lakers without LeBron James playing the Golden State Warriors, that's something that you need to have your best people on the floor for because when it matters, it matters. If it was in a series, it would even matter more. Let's not even go back and look at how crucial the series was of Warriors versus Raptors when the Raptors finally bought a championship home to Canada. If it wasn't for the Kevin Durant injury, which we all watched his Achilles just disappear on live on national television, the Raptors would have lost in a seven-game series. The Miami Heat with their famous comeback to where... Um, you know, the trophy got unveiled on the floor for the Spurs and the Heat came back in Game 6 and then took it in Game 7. The ability to win a series or lose a series for some teams and how tough it is to close, even though the Spurs had that series won and even though the Warriors had the best roster, to be able to close out and win a series is harder than just playing to the devotion of 60 minutes of football. You know, I think I think you're having a different conversation with yourself. Not just not to say that there's not more drama or more excitement uh, throughout the course of a, a NBA playoff series, but to have uh, you, you talk about you talk about the Spurs versus uh, the Heat series where they had the they had that out there. They had the the trophy out there, and I think that as all you needed is one game, right? And you, because it's a series, it was okay that the Heat lost and lost those other games. The Heat, they, there is zero margin for error in the NFL playoffs. There is plenty of there is three games worth of margin of error each round in the NBA playoffs. Uh, you can, uh, as we talk about, Kevin Durant's injury changed the course of the series, not the game. Uh, you know. You look even back in history, right? Isaiah Thomas, when he went down with his injury, that changed the course of the series. So, you know, it, it'll be tough to, it'll, I think, being able to say, look, you've got just the one game and the less margin of error. Uh, not only that, but, uh, you know, it's not like the NFL's uh, a, slouch of a, a slouch of a season either, right? You talk about the grind of the NFL or the NBA night in, night out. Uh, NFL, uh, that's a little bit of a grind as well, especially as you are uh, making deep, deep, deep playoff runs, playing loads of night games, playing on potentially short weeks. Um, as the NFL playoffs start, uh, having to travel cross-country, you know, those Green Bay, the flight from Green Bay to Seattle is not short. And, in fact, the NBA... Uh, as re as until recently, uh, the NBA Finals uh, that two three two format is actually was actually created, and the NBA will change their schedules to lighten travel. So um, you've got a variety of, of factors that, you know, especially as it relates to the playoffs, that are very, you know, just that margin of error is so tough in the NFL, and and as it relates to the playoffs, I'll share a quick story with you here. We're going to go back into the Wheaton College machine. Um, you know, when my sophomore year, when Wheaton College made it all the way to the semifinals, we rode a running back named Rocky Ging all the way, all the way up until the semifinals. The, the quarterfinals, when we played Franklin College, Rocky got hurt that game and was really struggling 
just to, to remain healthy. That one game, the, the carryover from Rocky's injury from the previous game to the next game had an incredible impact on that semifinal game. So uh, not only is the margin of error small, but you, one injury from a previous round could have plenty of impact as opposed to a long NBA series where you kind of just got to hang on for your best player to come back and kind of go from there. Well, I will say that in this argument, we will agree to disagree. As that goes. We got one more argument in us, don't we? Oh, we do. And this argument is about off-season drama. So, Connor, square this one up for us. You can take the lead on this one. You know, Rutledge, uh, one of the – we have – there's three quarterbacks. There's three stories that this this conversation has really started from. Number one, I think, uh, you know, we have Adam Schefter breaking the story about Aaron Rodgers on draft night. Number two, we have uh, potential friend of the show, but show favorite, Russell Wilson, and all of the unhappiness that you kept on hearing from uh, from the uh, Seahawks back office. And you have all the talk surrounding Tim Tebow being one of now 90 players on the Jacksonville Jaguars roster. Rutledge, the NFL feels like it is a soap opera, and I don't quite know if I'm here for it. Go on. What do you think? What do you think about? What do you think about all of these uh, non-NFL, non-football-related stories that that we're hearing? Are they overhyped? Are they underhyped? Does it not matter as much? What do you think? I actually think these stories for the NFL are important because, um, and not just the NFL, but I, oops, uh, sports in general. I think these stories are important to sort of understand what's going on, what's talking. So there's been a lot of talk of these. Now, on Colin Cowherd, Uncle Colin show, Jamal Adams came out and said today, if Aaron Rodgers were to leave, which he hasn't left yet, he would also think about packing up out of Green Bay. That's a massive conversation to have and to say on a very well-known, you know, well-respected sports radio show that if my quarterback's not there, I'm not going to be there. And that's just based off of the conversations that have happened. Um, I want to take you back in time and talk about, to me, the first big quarterback drama that I followed that was important, Brett Favre, end of the Packers time, right before the New York Jets. What was going to happen? What was he going to do? He's retired. Now he's back. They want him. They want Rodgers. They're going to go with Rodgers. It was a franchise-changing move for the Jets because in his debut, Favre went out there. He threw 194 yards in his first game. And then in week four later, he threw six touchdowns against the uh, your always pick, Arizona Cardinals. You think about it, he took a franchise from an 8-3 to three record from 4-12 from and 12 to 8-3. and three. As that goes, following that along with Favre, if we would have just not said anything all summer long, and then at training camp, oh, by the way, Brett Favre's a Jet, would not have, yes, we would have watched it on the field, but would not have made the hugest impact as it did. You look at the decision, we will always remember watching LeBron James's jerseys for Cleveland burn because of how betrayed the city of Cleveland felt. These are people where we buy their names on our t-shirts and our jerseys and spend hundreds of dollars. I think it's important to know what they're doing and where they're going at all times. Oh, I mean, nice block. So, so who do you think is the who do you think Rutledge is the the why is it important that you and I know 
that well first off i didn't realize you're breaking news here i didn't realize jamal adams actually played for the green bay packers i think you're talking about Devonte adams once again come uh, for the friendship not for the names um <laughs> uh, number two i think that you know in in why do we need to know about what what brett Favre's thinking why do because... we need to know that patrick patrick peterson is um thinking about you know his his thoughts on kirk cousins versus justin fields well let's frame it up and i'll answer your question with a different question do you want to wait for preseason to find out that you're going to now watch Jordan Love and and uh, Geno Smith lead two playoff teams into the future? Is that the NFL you want to be surprised with? Or would you rather have a little bit of a heads up before training camp to know that, oh, two franchises that I've sort of respected over the past couple of years are about to be garbage? I think yet again, Rutledge, I think you're having two different conversations with yourself. It's, you know, there's, there's the way in which we're looking at sort of like a transfer portal type situation. And then there's folks that make stories. Uh, if you, if you followed, if you followed what, uh, Adam, you know, all the talking heads were saying about Adam Schefter after, after the thing came out that Adam Schefter had had the Aaron Rodgers story and was sitting on it. Everybody was very, very cautious not to kind of bury Schefter for that. But Schefter kind of made a story, right? Schefter, uh, it, the timing of it was for the drama, for the, quote, soap opera element, as opposed to saying, hey, uh, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about who's, who's going to get drafted where. So I think, that, I think that as reporters maybe sit on stories a little bit too long maybe as there's unsubstantiated stories that get out there and then all of a sudden a gm is being asked what somebody thinks you know they're like man he hurt my feelings because he said something bad about my mama you know but he didn't say anything bad about his mama and i i think i think you get a little kind of sidetracked to what's kind of the main thing and that's putting together a successful football team so you don't think these conversations are important because Adam Schefter essentially fabricated one? I think that that is an example of uh, of of a reason why the story is important. Another story that is out there now that I don't think is that important at all is the fact that Tim Tebow is a Jacksonville Jaguar. Uh, but that's a, that's everything that the sports talking heads were talking about today. Uh, for our viewer out there, I spent. I'm in Orlando in the flesh here, but I spent today in Atlanta driving around doing some business meetings. So I got the time to really hone in the Sirius XM radio and be able to, uh, everyone was talking about their thoughts about Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is one of now 90 players on the Jacksonville Jaguars. If Tim Tebow makes the roster, that is a much larger story than Tim Tebow's being brought into training camp to probably be a warm body. You know, it's like, well, is is there really not another good baseball story out there uh, in terms of even in-season stuff? Is there really not a, is there really not a, a just another, another story out there outside of, hey, a guy who's in his mid-30s, who's old, slow, and short, he's going to be tight end for the team that drafted number one. In How this tall past, is Tebow? This past season. 
Uh, six two. Uh, that's kind of short for a tight end. Six two clocked, I believe. I believe yeah, six two four, kind of four seven forty, and that was in his mid twenties. Uh, and let's let's remember, Tim Tebow was last seen playing quarterback. He was not putting his hand in the dirt as a tight end, uh, having to block defensive ends that you know are having trying to put food on the table and make generational wealth for their families. So. Um, it's. I think it's a total non. I think the Tim Tebow stuff is a total non-story, and I think we're seeing more and more total non-stories uh, throughout the NFL offseason. I see the Tim Tebow signing as an Urban Meyer culture grab. He's trying to really win his locker room, so he's going to put someone in there that he knows is going to listen and uh, going to respect him and going to buy in. And but I don't know if he's a starter. I don't even know if he makes the roster. But in other news, oh, so you were in Atlanta, a little Sirius XM. What type of rental oh, car yeah, do man. you have? Pardon me. What type of rental car are we cruising around in? I went. I went Chevy Malibu. Okay. I went Chevy seats? Malibu. Uh, that would be another sponsor that I'd love to have on the show. Would be Chevy. That would be. That'd be great. That's nice. Little ATL. Little leather seats. A little ATL uh, came in today. Drove up to Gainesville, Georgia. Have a have a lunch meeting. Then uh, head head down to kind of right on the north side of the perimeter. Uh, okay. for another appointment, then headed to the airport. And Rutledge, I am pouring it on you again tonight. I know, it is. I miss the Bucks. I regret quitting. My Every time I quit the game, I'm winning. I feel bad because I'm like, it's one-sided. And this is a 30-point game. You know, healthy Zion. Lonzo Ball is having a clinic with me. I'm skipping this timeout because I'm not upset. Skip the timeout. Lonzo Ball is doing well. Zion's got 20 points. It's been a good night, but... Uh, yeah, no, I think I think the other it's just, you know, uh there's a ton 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 of non-stories out there in the NFL. Um but I think that maybe there's some folks and some NFL reporters that have seen how much traction the NBA gets during their off-season that maybe they're kind of getting a little jealous. So who do you think the off-season matters more to, the NFL or the NBA? Uh, in terms of reporting, in terms of gaining fanhood, or in terms of putting together a championship-caliber team? All of the above. <laughs> I think that the as it, as it relates to kind of fans, I could see – I think that the NBA really needs to have uh, some interesting storylines. Um, one of the things – never forget this about you know, the NFL versus the NBA – we have, we have a more personal relationship with the NBA players, and in some ways also, even though we don't hear from them as much, MLS players, uh, because we get to see their faces. Uh, because we get to see their faces, we feel more uh, in tune to them, and as opposed to uh, as opposed to just having, you know, the jerseys and the helmets, and you know, we'll see uh, people's headshots on the little sidebar. So no, I think it's very important as it relates to, as it relates to storylines to show, um, to show NFL or to, to have more NBA storylines. But I think as it relates to putting together a championship team, I mean, there is so much, I, because of, I think the biggest thing for me, it's always going to come down to roster size because of roster size, amount of scouting that needs to go on, uh, there is so much that's involved with putting together 
a great NFL team, an NFL championship caliber team. And there's always so many misses that happen with putting together an NBA team. We'll go a little hometown heroes and talk about how many times the Orlando Magic franchise has really got it wrong. And they're going to try to do it again and again and again. Because there was a time where it. the Magic were a pretty, pretty well, pretty well run organization. There was a time. Now is not that time. It is time. not this time. They want it to be this time, but this is not their time at all. And boom goes the dynamite. It's now 15 points for Drew Holiday. That is. And he has an F paint rating. Yeah. And he, oh, there's another bad pass. Lonzo Ball. Is he going to get it? I thought he was going to get it just the way this game is going. Very close. Very close. <sighs> All right, Connor, you've laid it on thick. You have made your point. We're in the fourth quarter. Do we want to call picks? And and I will say that this one is another tie or secede this, or are we playing this thing through? You know, uh, I, I wouldn't mind. I'll go with two ties tonight. Okay. And we can we can, uh, we can go through with our picks. We'll go through with our picks as we go into the fourth quarter. So we'll have a little bit of time to break these down. Uh, Wednesday, as you know, we are in the last week of the season. I want to talk about this is a return game. Uh, tomorrow, you're going to have Wizards with uh, all their amazing players and all their amazing triple-doubles and Bradley Beal versus the Hawks, who are hopefully better than what you're seeing on the court. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm I'm going Hawks. I think um, I think that Trey Young can match uh, can match the backcourt for um, you know against against the Wiz. So uh, I'm going I'm going to go ho actually because they're playing twice. You're right. Or pardon me, they're just playing once. I'm going uh, going to go Hawks. I will also go Hawks. Uh, I uh, I just I know the Wizards are you know. Westbrook is great, but don't think they have it, and the Hawks need the playoff seating more. Um, Thursday, game time, game time. Portland, Bla uh, Trailblazers, they play the Suns. So is this one of those moments that you bash on Connor to where Phoenix is going to take some rest time as they've kind of solidified themselves in the playoffs? Or uh, does Portland take it, and do they take it serious? Uh, I think that Phoenix is going to take this very seriously, and I'm going to pick the Suns. I am going to go with Portland because they have not proven me wrong yet. Yes, part of their seeding has to do with the fact that the Lakers are not as buttoned up as they should be. Bam. The speaker was loud. Um, but as that goes, I think I have a good feeling for Portland. All right. As we approach the Saturday, which is the second to last day of the NBA regular season, which is harder than an NFL regular season. But Saturday, uh, we have Lakers versus Pacers. As you said, LeBron is still hurt. Who are you taking? Uh, I I I don't think the Lakers. Uh, I don't think the Lakers get their act together. I think I could see the Lakers losing this because this this game is going to mean a lot for the Pacers as well as they're trying to get ready for the for the playoffs. I am. Also going Pacers. I on the same page. We argued a lot, but then we came back together to be on the same page. Come for the sports. Stay for the friendships. Don't pay attention to the names. Friend stream sports. Um, yeah, I I'm with you. Lakers. 
You know, if you're if you're a, a Lakers fan who really is excited about the playoffs, you should not be. It's going to be bad. It's going to be real bad. All right. Last thing, our usual NASCAR. It's the Drydeen 400 in Dover. Uh, Connor, pick yourself a pole place winner. I'm going to go uh, Martin Truex. He's having a really good season. Yep. Little uh, MTJ, he won last week in Darlington. He's had his second win of the year. Really big on him. So as that goes, I'm actually going to say Joey Logano. A little short track, a little out there. I feel like Logano could take it. No All doubt. Right. Well, that's well, good to hear, Rutledge. Well, as that goes, we're going to end this thing as we're live. But we're going to give us our send-off because I don't want the rest of the world to see how badly I'm losing this game. Um, Connor, anything to the people before we sign off for the night? Sometimes ties feel like a win. Sometimes ties feel like a loss. That's it. What a true soccer fan. That's beautiful. All right, well, that's everything for tonight. For Friendstream Sports, I'm Rutledge. And I'm Connor. Have a great night.